member O'Malley on. Hello, O'Malley. Hello. Hi, how you doing? Good, yourself? Good, good. I, I love, I, it's kind of intentional that you got, I got you here on in the month of November. <laughs> Sounds appropriate. It does kind of sound appropriate, so. How are things in, uh, well, before we get in, how, uh, how are things in New York City right now? Um, well, <laughs> funny you should ask. Okay. So yesterday was this massive snowstorm that randomly just like blew through the city. No one was prepared. People were stuck on the highway for like six, seven, eight hours. Oh. I got, I got stranded in the middle of nowhere. It was intense. Oh, it's almost like a kind of a, one of your, like a, a typical kind of a, one of those New York movies, you know, that's always, it's a little bit dramatic. Oh yeah, it was like an apocalypse movie. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, the only reason I ask is we're we're getting it slowly here over in Minnesota. There's a uh, it's starting to snow and it's going to get worse and worse and worse as we continue to record. Oh no, just slowly <laughs> piling up outside the window. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we have you on, and um, you know, we ha- I had you on my previous podcast, um, the Nick and Vince podcast, but. Um, to now it's kind of unique that both of us now have books out as we're doing oh, this yay. one. Yes, yes. So why don't you talk about your book you have out now, and uh, I'll p- mention mine as well. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, my book is called In the House of Souls. It is a novella based in the same world as my upcoming novel, Faye Hunter. Yeah. Um, it is the story of this traveling nomadic people and they run to a very powerful um, fairy noble woman, and she wants to take over their clan, their group, and make them stay in place. And um, the girl, the main character, Hopper, she has to decide between siding with the fairies, who can make all her dreams come true pretty much, and it's pretty guaranteed for her, or staying with her people. Okay. Um, how can people find it? It is on Amazon.com, and from November 22nd until that next Sunday, I think it's the 26th, it will be free, although right now it's 99 cents if you want to support me a bit. I will definitely will. I will definitely, after we were done recording, I'm going to go find it. And, and uh, <laughs> So you can get it digitally too, right? Is yes, that... entirely digitally, not physically. Not physically. Okay, um, and I'll mention, and I think everybody listening to my podcast regularly know that I have my comic book out. Um, it's a crime noir in St. Takes place in, uh, nine, in St. Paul, 1968. Um, it's called the Greenway and it's in black and white, uh, gr- very gritty, you know, noir style. Um, I am going to use indie planet, but indieplanet.com is backlogged. The, um, they're taking a oh, while. No. So right now, if you are interested listeners, um, if you're interested in purchasing, purchasing a copy, email me, I'll have it in the link on the meta email, the, um, uh, my personal at ndpalatichuk at gmail uh, if you're interested and uh, we'll see if we can um, get it through there um, I do use PayPal so uh, if you're interested a hard copy is $15 and digital is $5 so go buy it yes yes do you still <laughs> do you still um, before we get to the movie Penelope the one that you choose did you still kind of read comic books I know you kind of kind of not so much as much as I do um, no, no, although who does read as many as you, Nick? <laughs> right, yeah, I have it decorated all over the studio walls, so, yes, eventually, whenever you come to Minnesota, you can get a grand tour of the studio. <laughs> 
Sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, have you ever been to the Midwest? Um, let's see. Does Colorado count? I'll consider Colorado part of the Midwest. Yeah. 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 I, I was there once when I was like six and that's it. Oh. <laughs> Well, you have to travel out a little bit more, yeah. So if you ever come to, if you ever interested in coming to Minnesota, yeah, you could come on over. We got great public transportation for you. I'll let you know. All right, all right. So uh, with all our uh, the books and everything, um, and we having you on and through all the promotions, um, I let you as a guest um, pick the movie, and you picked. And you kind of surprised me a little bit because I'm thinking. I think she wrote in this fantasy story. She's going to go kind of fantasy for me. But you pit, picked Penelope. and It is kind of fantasy. It's like a fairy tale. It slightly is. Slightly is. I, I'm, You know what? And I excuse my ignorance because I really did know about the movie. I didn't know. I didn't ever really watch it until you picked it. So I began to watch it uh, a couple nights ago. But it is slightly kind of a fantasy. Yeah, it doesn't really take place in like a concrete place like half the characters are british half of them aren't it's got like british phone booths and american ones and it's got like weird time differences some cameras are digital some of them were the flash bulbs like right yeah i noticed that yeah yeah it's really weird all right when did you first see it i actually saw it when it came out in theaters okay in 2006 right and then yeah and was it just you knew you're gonna like it, or is this kind of oh, I, I like I kind of like it, the concept, and I'll go see it, and then what was your initial expectation for it? Uh, I forget what we were watching. It was I was there with a friend of mine in the movie theater, and there was a trailer for that and Julia and Julia, <laughs> and we've we vowed that we would see both of them. So I bought the tickets for Penelope, and she bought the tickets for Julia and Julia. I, I don't even know what movie it was running before, but I was like, that movie looks so cool. Like, it's about a girl with a pig face. Like, what? Yes, yes, right. Um, and me watching it recently uh, and noticing um, Peter Dinklage is in this. Yes. So that was after the station agent. So he was already, like, famous and award-winning, but it was before he did anything, like, big, big, big. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he please, uh, well, we should kind of, if anybody's not really interested, and I'll, if you could possibly, if you want to explain a little bit the synopsis for everybody. Um, okay, so this is, it's the weirdest chick flick that was ever <laughs> invented. Um, it is about a girl who, through a family curse, um, is born with the ears and the nose of a pig. And her family, like, tries to hide her away. Her family is, like, really super-duper rich, like, crazy right. rich. Yeah. And so they try and hide her away. And the terms of the curse is that when someone of their own kind finally accepts her, she will be free and look normal again. And so they decide that that means another rich person. And they keep saying blue bloods, like, all the time. Blue bloods, blue bloods. Right. Um, yeah. So they, like, try and, like, arrange a marriage for her, and it doesn't work. And... It goes from there. <laughs> it, it's a, um, in the beginning of the movie is uh, this unique screening process they have for courting uh, Penelope, which is they have people in a room with a two-way mirror, and they they pretty much like an interview, right? Yeah. So yeah. like she tries to talk to them a little bit at a time, and then she'll like come out, and the guys will freak out and like jump out the window and run away from the house. 
Um, and then feature uh, this is it's kind of a very aristocratic, kind of like New York New York aristocratic kind of a version, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and then it has an un, I don't think she's credited. This is Reese Witherspoon is in there too. Yes, she's also an executive producer. This is her thing. Right. So and maybe she wanted to just have a producing credit, but she's featured a like like a little bit in the third act, right? Yeah, she's the friend that she meets suddenly and then is best friends with. Uh, this movie um, did actually pretty well. It does get a little bit of mixed reviews, but um, overall, I think nobody really thinks it's a bad movie. I just think it's like really great to, okay, that was fine. Yeah, it's a cute little movie. Right, right. Do you have like a DVD? Uh, no, I don't. I just watch it whenever it's on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, I, I think everybody knows Christina Ricci. She's done, uh, like, she was in the Adams Family. Um, she's done a, a wonderful career. I think she was in. She's on the Match Game now. What is Match Game? Oh, that's the old. It used to be like a show in the seventies, and then they brought it back with Alec Baldwin, and it's just ridiculous. In the original seventies version, like, go watch it if it's oh, on um, the GSN. Okay. Yeah, where they would like drink on set and like smoke and stuff, and you could tell that they got slowly drunker as taping went on, and it was insane. It's not that good now, but she's on it. <laughs> um. Christina Ricci has a very luscious career. Um, she did um, – actually, her, one of her best – she was in the first – well, the first movie she ever did was Mermaids. I think you've seen that one, right? Uh, no. you never seen Mermaids? Okay. No. Um, she's in The Addams Family. She's Wednesday. Um, she did a uh, – she was in a film called The Opposite Sex. I think she did a wonderful performance that. But I don't know if, if you ever got a chance to see, she did a movie called 200 Cigarettes where she plays a character that has the thickest New Jersey accent ever. Oh, no. Penelope, come back. <laughs> well, this is – I think this was prior to Penelope. So, like, um, in 1999, she did three movies in 1999. She did 200 Cigarettes where she plays a New Jersey – very thick New Jersey girl. And then she did No Vacancy and then Sleepy Hollow. I remember Sleepy Hollow. Right. That was the one with, with uh, Johnny Depp, right? Yes, yes. And I think she, yes. she's in the part of the love triangle, wasn't it? She's part of – she's infatuated Ichabod Crane and everything. Yeah. That was her? And she was – Christina Ricci was in there. I think Tim Burton liked having her. Yeah, because she looks kind of like um, Winona Ryder. It's got yeah. a similar thing. Um, and overall, she's um, been keeping herself – relatively busy now her mom is played by katherine o'hara who is playing the exact same role that she is right now excuse me if i'm not allowed to say this one out loud but she's in a show called Shit's creek right now uh, that's the exact same role it's like the exact same person okay i'm not i'm not really familiar with that one what what is that show <laughs> It's actually a Canadian production. It's okay. on Netflix, I think, right now, about this rich family that loses all of their money, <laughs> except right. except they, the only thing they have left is this town that they bought is a joke that has that name. Um, so they have to live in this tiny rural town in the middle of Canada. Um, yeah, Catherine O'Hara slightly gets kind of typecast as the very nervous mom, the, you know, not very responsible mom. She did it, what, she did it Home Alone. Um, I think she did it in um, Beetlejuice. 
and she here and she again she's playing this mom who's very overreacting but not really has all it together right oh yeah she's very frantic very shrill right yes yes um i don't know she got her start with um second city do you ever watch second city tv no i never did oh it might be of your caliper humor (laughs) i'll have to check it out it's kind of a very much a mild version of saturday night live okay yeah it's just sketch comedy but it's not like saturday night live is very um it's very top of the line well, Second City is kind of mm-hmm. like the poor man's version of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> so it's Saturday Night Live, but towards the end of the night when things get kind of eh. Right, right. And it's kind of, yeah, there's a few more of the Canadian actors that came down and did it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, also in this movie, uh, Peter, but James McAvoy. Yes! Yes. So he goes on, this is before he was famous, so nobody else knows right. about this movie. Right, yeah. And he looks like he hasn't washed his hair in a week. And <laughs> he's just so, like, schlubby in this movie. It's kind of rolls back around to being cute. Right, it's just very, it's very, well, when I was watching it, and I looked at my wife, I go, this is very early 2000s, isn't it, this look? Yeah. 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 Look. He's just missing the guy liner. <laughs> but um, I think he has, well, his character has one of the greatest evolution changes, doesn't it? Yeah, he turns out to be like a completely different person than everybody thought he was. It's not his real name. He's not actually a rich dude. Spoiler alert. Right. He's like, he like stole his clothes. And he's very um, knowledgeable. That's kind of a surprise to what aspect of his life that we're finding, but he actually is very knowledgeable about certain things. Yes. And then there's like that weird twist in the middle too, with him um, where he was talking with Russell brand who shows up in the middle for no reason. Right. It's <laughs> bizarre. All of a sudden we have Russell brand. Right. Yes. And they like play it up. Like he was playing at this bar, but then he blew his chance and then he wants to come back to play at this bar. And it turns out that the chance he blew was being a janitor at that bar. <laughs> uh, another um, surprise appearance was Nick Frost pl- uh, gambling at the table from Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yeah. And, um, Oh, what's his name? Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt shows up too. Whoa. I missed that. Yeah, he worked at the the newspaper, the police department, he or something like that. Oh, I forget I'm, which. I, I I'm so I advertise myself that I can catch these, and I missed that. I'm gonna have to go back and look because I missed Jordan Joseph. Really, he was in there. Yeah, I think he was. He was one of the journalists. Yeah. Oh, this is disappointing to me. All right, I'll have to go back and watch and find it. So, um, without. It's kind of like a fun thing of the aspect of the movie is you get these surprise appearances as well that you weren't know you weren't ahead of time going to know that they were going to appear. Yeah, it's completely surprised that all of these people who were either on the verge of a list or were former kid stars that were like kind of trans transferring over. Yeah, you know, just all these or already a listers like. All these people who were either about to be important or were still important just shoved into this thing. I, I agree. There's like it, some of them are um, just start their star is starting to rise and some of them are just kind of fading a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. Reese Witherspoon. She kind of was on her way down then. <laughs> um, 
there's uh, uh, the, the director. I will talk about director Mark Polanski. I hope I got that right. Mark Polanski. This is his first feature film. Um, he also just recently did uh, last um, 2017 did a sci-fi movie called Remembery, which reunited him and Peter Dinklage together. I've not seen this movie. I know it's been kicking around in film festivals, but when I get an opportunity, I'll find a chance to watch this movie, uh, Remembery, with Mark Pol uh, Polanski and Peter Dinklage. Have you ever get to see, like, you're not a sci-fi fan, are you? Uh, no, I do love sci-fi. Okay. I'm just wondering if um, if they let Peter Dinklage use his American accent or if they tried to make him British for this one because of right. Tyrion Lannister. Right, or have an eye patch. Oh, or have an eye patch. Like, it's it's a little jarring now to hear his real voice because it's not the one I'm used to anymore. Right. The, 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 everybody's well accustomed to him in the Game of Thrones. Um, he was actually in uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Have you seen that film? I've seen parts of it. All right. Uh, he he play, He's in there, and it's wonderful. He has a very nice supporting role in there that um, – well, I would say it's kind of like a bridge character brings two other things together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he was in um, which Marvel movie was he in? Uh he was in. I think it was what you referred to X Men: Days of Future Past. Yes. Yes, he was. He was in a. He was the villain of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. You can play a villain and can have an eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> he just does it all. Now, November, I got a cute, uh, a little. Fun little note for you. Um, the screenplay is written by Leslie Cavaney. Um, she wrote many episodes and producers for Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, she's also published a play that was um, presented at Theater West in Los Angeles. The title of the play uh, is called Love of a Pig. Oh, no. It just keeps going. Yeah, she has kind of a thing. Yeah. But here, uh, here she's um, – you're going to like this in November – she moved uh -huh. from New York City to Dublin. Oh, wow. So she's in Ireland now. Huh. Go right. figure. Right. Go figure. But um, I don't – are you going to visit Dublin? Uh, I want to really badly. Really? So you haven't been back to Ireland? No, no. I haven't. Oh, well, okay. We're have to, That's our bucket list, you and I? <laughs> yes. Let's go right now. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yes. So that that was a unique. Um, and so, writing way. I'm going to talk a little bit about the writing. Is it's very fast. This starts. This not. This movie does not start very slow. It starts almost immediate. To uh, I would say a fast pace. Right. Yeah. It almost reminds me just a little bit of like Boz Lerman, kind of how he ratchets things very fast, and then when he needs to slow down, he really does slow it down. But then like. And I don't know how to do this, and da da da, and it's just like really fast paced. Uh, it does settle down a little bit, but I would think, actually, I appreciate the dialogue in this movie. I think it was really well crafted. Yes, me too. Right, um, and I think, and I, we, I think you and I talked about this before. How dialogue is very difficult to do, but here it's not all spilled exposition. Even though you have a beginning movie, a little bit of narration to kind of explain what's happening. But I think dialogue is wonderfully crafted in here in this movie. 
I agree. And I think the, the narration in the beginning is very, um, very well done. It's not just, you know, omniscient point of view and this is how this story happens. It's very much from her perspective, very much in that moment, and it's got a really unique visual. So – and it's kind of crafted frame that this is – they say the, the, the lovely word curse. It's a, it actually is a family curse brought up upon them. Yes, just randomly because some ancestor fell in love with the wrong woman. Uh, other things I was – this is actually a real thing. It's a real prosthetic that Christine Ricci had to wear. So it wasn't anything digital. I'm not surprised because you can hear it when she talks. Right. It's a little daisily, right, yeah. Just a bit. Right. I don't know. Could you do that? Could you have this thing walk? <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. Ew, no, that's too much spirit gum. Yes. But she does a very well – uh, compensating for this thing because when you see her you're you're mainly just watching her nose like oh my god but she understands that she actually is doing a lot of acting with her eyes it's kind of nice compliment. i agree yeah she she smiles as well <laughs> right. yes. well and the other thing i have uh, my little complaint is they talk about how hideous he is she's actually looks in the movie without the even with the nose on she is kind of cute Right? It's kind of like in Beauty and the Beast when they're like, oh, he's so hideous and terrible. And then when he turns back into a human, it's kind of somehow worse. Go back. Go back. Right. I, I don't know if you really want her to make her really repulsive. I think it's kind of a dainty kind of a saying, oh, she's hideous. I think it's almost a joke almost. Yeah, like maybe it's a joke that rich people are all conceited or something. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, the first we have another part of the story is we have the original uh, this solicitor who gets who gets repulsed, and then all of a sudden he has she becomes famous, right? She becomes famous. Yeah, because she just completely opens up and she's like, "Ta-da! I am the pig girl," and everyone's like, "Whoa! That's the coolest thing ever!" Right. Yes. And then he has this another solicitor has a change of. Uh, heart and he actually like I really like you I want to go but it's almost like they know it's not genuine right because yep. he's being forced by his parents to in order for him to keep his inheritance or the family company or all of the above I don't know I, I think that's one of the themes of the story is genuine what is real what is not right Right, definitely. I think I don't know what would another theme would you attach to it because I think um, it's genuine, a little bit more of honesty, something of that caliber, right? And of course, your inner beauty—you were beautiful all along, and if you accept yourself, that's beautiful and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Costuming—I do like the costuming designs of this movie. I love the costume so much. Like, I love her purple jacket. That's my favoriteest thing ever with the weird buttons. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she has these, I don't know, it's like this very, it looks like an homage to Empire Dresses where she has a ribbon. Um, Penelope oh. has this ribbon dress with that very sash ribbons around. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, it's not like cutesy girly girly, but it's still pretty and very feminine and I love it. You're right, yeah. I think they did a wonderful job of costuming, and they did the excellent choice of picking that this girl's trapped in a very rich home, but well, you have nothing else to do. You would try to dress you up self elaborately. You have time to do that, right? 
Right. And like her room is full of plants because that's her friends. And <laughs> she like, she's like a master chess player because she just plays chess all the time when she's alone. Um, do you play chess? Uh, no, I do not. Oh, okay. Not very well. I do know the trick of how to beat somebody in four moves, but that's all I got. <laughs> oh, so if, they get, if the game goes on f farther than four moves, you're like, I'm done for. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's it. Flip uh, the board. I would ask you, if you were in kind of a situation like this, what, how would you entertain yourself? Uh, if if I was a pig face girl, um, well, I would not necessarily pig face girl, but you had some way that you were entrapped and you're encapsulated that you no way could go outside. How would you be able to entertain yourself? Yeah. Um, I'd probably keep doing what I do right now. I'd write lots of books about places that are imaginary and make up cool characters and cool new words and people. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be that – I don't – I'm just going to ask. Would that be kind of eh, – not so much devastating. Would that be like, all right, I can take on the challenge? Uh, if I if I had to be locked away in some kind of – I mean if I was rich like that, right, I yes. don't know, man. That would be cool. Right, yeah. Well, you won't She has have, a butler. Yeah, no, <laughs> she has a butler and you won't have to deal with all the hastiness that happened yesterday. Bingo, and then if I wait around long enough, James McAfee will show up. <laughs> all right, all right, yes. Um, it's unique that these a lot of these uh, people that are in the movie have done movies together. To again, it's almost like they have the same agent. You know, like James McAvoy was in um, the X Men series with Peter Dinklage and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm thinking um, Nick Frost has been in other movies. Um, is it possible that they kind of have like the same agent? I don't know. Probably networking, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, Hollywood is relatively small if you think about it anyway. Um, it, it's a weird combination, though, because like I said, some of these actors, they are British, and they just came over for this one thing. So the weird way that they keep mixing and mingling and all came together for this one weird movie is just kind of bizarre in my head. Uh, we talk, we've, I, The one person I'm kind of missing is Penelope's dad, uh, played by uh, Richard E. Grant. He's uh, English, um, so he, uh, it, he's an English accomplished actor. If you didn't really know him, he was in um, Robert uh, – no, geez, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. He was in that movie. That's how I remember. That's how I knew this character, this actor, Richard E. Grant. Oh, I thought I knew him from somewhere. Yeah. That's probably where I know him from. He's one of those people that you're like, oh, it's that guy. Um, he also has been in Game of Thrones. Oh, who was he? Yes, he was. Uh, I'm looking up his bio. He played a character, Isambaro. Oh, was, was he one of the actor guys in uh, Bravos? Um, no, uh, no, he played a character <gasps> named. I is in the sixth season of Game of Thrones. That's the name of the character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's the actor who acted with Lady Crane. He plays oh fake my God, right. Tywin yes. Lannister. Yes, that's who he is. That's it, right. And then and then he meets up with Peter Dinklage. Oh my gosh. This, there's so many Yes. <laughs> it just keeps going. There's too many connections, November. Right, yes. Now I need Catherine O'Hara to be somebody's shrill mother, and the whole circle will be complete. Right. She needs to be in Game of Thrones, and then we'd be comfortable with this. Right, yeah. 
I mean, can you imagine how the Battle of Blackwater would have gone if she was just, like, screaming from the battlements? Excuse me, young lady, what are you doing? <laughs> I like your impersonation. That was the best thing about this episode right now. Is <laughs> <laughs> oh right um what are some similarities do you see with this fantasy story that kind of i don't know i don't want to use well i can't think of another word borrow that you were kind of familiar with that from a lot of other these like it's a, almost a grim fairy tale isn't it um a, a little i mean grim fairy tales are pretty pretty dark um so are so are a lot of fairy tales they got kind of cleaned up um but what I like to borrow is the timelessness of it. Okay. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe not necessarily as modern for my own works because they kind of go back a bit further. But the kind of no time that it takes place in is really fascinating to play with. I did not notice that until you mentioned up. It's very much not dated. It's kind of like it could be it could happen at any event. Obviously, it's a little more modern story, obviously. But yeah, it's. But very... there's no cell phones. Right. She even uses a payphone. Good God. Yes. <laughs> right. So right, there's no cell phones. A little too. Well, yeah, about two thousand. Just two. Just two years prior to cell phones taking over our life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little. Yeah, but she's she doesn't have a flip phone. She doesn't have a BlackBerry like a rich kid at that age at that year would have had. Yeah, no, no iPad laying around or no computers or anything. Right, it's very much. I don't even think that a TV did they? No, it's and that's you need to think I have in my notes. This is very literature dominant, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. it's very much about the newspaper, very much about that kind of journalism. There's no TV, there's no CNN, there's no Fox News. Can you imagine Fox News in that movie? No, it would be very explo exploitative. Oh yeah, it'd be crazy. <laughs> right. Like um, Nancy Nancy Grace would be all over this. Right. The pig girl. But there's some general calling. I think it's a and I wrote it on my notes and I think I'm I it's a general concentration on literature and writing for this movie. Yes. I mean, it doesn't go as far as like a Victorian novel where everyone's sending not um sending letters to each other. It's not, you know, dangerous liaisons, but yeah, there's a lot of focus on that sort of thing. Well, if you remember um, James McAvoy, when he's courting, courting her in the room, he points out first editions. Yes, that was a weird, important plot point that I haven't seen in another modern movie. Somebody caring that much about whether or not a book is a first edition. Right. Uh, maybe uh, like The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp. You ever seen that one? No, I haven't. I don't really like Johnny Depp, to be honest. Oh, um, it's actually based on a – well, if we can trailer off a little bit. But The Ninth Gate is actually um, a book based on uh, – what is it? Alexander Dumas, the writer for Three Musketeers and the Count of Monte yeah. Crisco. And uh, Johnny Depp's character is basically running around trying to authenticate a book. So he's looking for first edition, so he's traveling Europe. And it's actually based on a book, I think. But if you ever get an opportunity, to, and of course it has a little bit of mysticism involved with it, but he's actually right. Of course. But Johnny Depp is actually in the movie. He's a book detective. Huh. <laughs> Which would actually be kind of an interesting job to have to go around to private people's private collections and authenticate stuff or appraise them. And he's out looking for this book that has maybe a secret code to to demonic possessions or demonic 
events happening called the Ninth Gate. So it's the Da Vinci Code for nerds. Ah, yes. It's the Da Vinci Code before the Da Vinci Code, yes. Oh. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, and I think it's actually a book too. I can't remember the title of it. But if you ever can find it, and you can probably find it. It's based on a book, but um, yeah, it's called The Ninth Gate. Good to know. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, outside of this, was this was not actually previous published material. That's another new interesting thing I found about this. It's original screenplay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, it's not based on anything at all. Right, and which is, you think about something as a, concentrate on writing literature and books that you think it came from a book. No, there's actually an original screenplay, and then they wrote a book from the movie. Did they? I should try and find it. I bet it's out of print now, but... (laughs) Well, do you still collect books? Uh, Yeah, I have a couple. Right. You You still collect... You still like the physical copies. Oh, yes, and they smell delicious. <laughs> right. Do you um so do you still just primarily stick to fiction though? Uh for the most part unless I'm researching a certain project. Yeah. Well, outside of just uh, with your Fay Hunter series, do you still do like your blog and stuff? Um yes, yes, I do blog. Um I usually write one post a week. Right now it's kind of being taken over by guest posts for some friends, but um, yeah, I write about, um, right now I've been doing a couple of listicles and writing about, um, like video games that have good writing or trying to get bookish people to branch out into other stuff. Oh, I like that. I like that. So, I mean, obviously you're doing the research, playing video games and see the story kind like first person stuff. Um, not necessarily first person, but um, even just anything like the Knights of the Old Republic video game has excellent writing. The Elder Scrolls game is like deeply well written. There's so many good ones out there, and I feel like people who are deeply into the the book culture and books are the best thing ever kind of don't see that part of the world. Right, right. I like that. I like that. Um, how can people? Well, and I'll put it up there. I'll put the link. But how else can people find your blog? Uh, it's novemberomalley.wordpress.com. And I think, as everybody should know, you're pretty frequent on there. You don't kind of stray away. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, what, what I may I ask you, and I don't know, what happened first? Were you were in your fantasy series or the blog came first? Um, oh, I started writing fantasy way before the blog. A couple of years, actually. And, and uh, just give an update because you're um, – uh, with the book out now, when do you think we'll be able to see Fay Hunter come up? Um, hopefully rather soon. Although every time I think I'm done with it, I'll hand it off to a friend or a beta reader, and they'll point out all these things that I need to fix and expand, and it's back to the drawing board. Are you still comfortable editing y- yourself? Um, yeah, for the most part. Although some I can recognize when I hit a blind spot, and I have to send it off to somebody else to help me figure it out. Ah, I see it. I see. All right. Um, are you, how many how many of the series are you entailing? How many, how many um, book books are you? Uh, I I actually don't know right now. I okay. am focusing on the one, and I'm trying to keep it self contained. But there are ideas for a sequel floating around. I see. All right. All right. Um, and I know I asked you this before, but did you start with an outline? 
No. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. No, no outlines. Listen to me, people of the internet. Do not outline things. It's the worst. And if you're one of those people, stop it. Um, somebody always, when I wrote my book, somebody always asks you, not writing, it's always about rewriting. Is it kind of the same with you a little bit? Um, kind of. It's... It's more about tightening and retuning. It's not so much about the rewriting for me. It's yeah. it's more about refining. You know, another uh, critique, and I had it with my writing group and all that stuff, but another critique was somebody put in, you got to put in the weather. That's always important. Is that something you put consciously in your stories, weather, climate? Um, you know, I realized about halfway through writing Faye Hunter that I never once measure, mentioned the weather aside from it is getting colder because it's getting later in the year. Yeah. So I decided I would have an entire fight scene in the rain. Oh, like hard rain? Not like a drizzle. Right. I like it. So, yeah. Yeah. What outside of Penelope, what are some great movies have you seen came out this year? Uh, ooh, came out this year. Let's see. Um, hmm. I actually quit my job at the movie theater, so I haven't seen much since like July. <laughs> um, well, it came out this year. I, I would have to say November between July and August. It was kind of the <laughs> so you didn't really miss anything. Yeah. That's been the problem lately. The first year I worked at, at at a movie theater, it was that big box office bomb summer where nothing good came out, even though I liked everything. So, right. it's so, been rather weird. So nothing really pops out at you this year that you've seen that's just like, yeah. Yeah, nothing too terribly extraordinary. I didn't hate Solo. I am the one person on the planet that didn't hate Solo, but... All right, there's two. There. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you like it too? Yeah. Well, I mean, what? Ah. Yeah. It was, it was, I think the story was great. I like how Chewie and Han Solo met. It was. It fits. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I thought the cinematography was kind of gross, but, you know, that's really my only complaint. Well, and the only problem with sequels is there's not a lot of surprise. We kind of know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, he gets the Millennium Falcon. Yes, it's in a card game. Yes, there's the Castle Run. You know, it's not surprising. But I think the big star was Lando. I mean, my gosh, that guy's screaming for his own movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, please get Childish Gambino back to, to play <laughs> Lando. Right, right. I think, I think if anybody recognized that, even the smallest characters – Definitely, some of them actually be kind of cool. I think Lando needs his own movie. Yeah. Uh, if only, if only the Star Wars studio could get their stuff together. What we need first, what we need first though, All is right. an Obi Wan movie with Ewan McGregor. Yes. Well, bring up like like how how E. McGregor has old now. Right. Yeah, because he's he's right at the right age to do like just before old Ben, yep. like. Because he's getting up there, and it's perfect, and he's the best part of the prequels. So I would give him agree his own with movie you. Yeah, right now. Let's see him living out in the desert and see how he's able to do that. Right, let's do it. I agree. Yes. Maybe right. get um, Liam Neeson back. I don't know. 
do something. Do I, I just like I like your do something. I love it. Do something. <laughs> um. So I have to say, with the series, it, probably about something like next year. You thinking with the Fay Hunter? I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. There we go. All right. <laughs> um. Gosh, could you let me know as soon as it comes out? I'll be so excited. Oh, you'll be the first one to know. I promise. Oh, I'd be so excited, and I will. We'll blast it. Now. I love. I would love to read it. I've been itching for years to get a hand, my hands on your a copy. <laughs> years. Well, year. How about that? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> um, going with that. Going with Penelope. Back to Penelope. Do you think they could do a kind of a sequel to this? Um. Yes, but they have to do a really bad straight-to-DVD thing where it's about Penelope's daughter who has her own curse. It's like the Little Mermaid sequel that nobody liked. Right. I, okay. Wait. Little Mermaid did a sequel? Yes, and it had um, Tara Strong as Melody, the daughter, and the villain is the sister of Ursula who nobody knew before and she looks and acts and sounds exactly the same as Ursula. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, it's awful. November, I got to look that up. Yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> it's it's got to be so awful that it, I'm I probably put it out of my memory as existing. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. Um you dance kind of learned the something this about Disney and are you aware of the new Dumbo? Yeah, I have feelings about that and they aren't good feelings. Why? Why not? Um well, Dumbo was always kind of traumatizing to me anyway. Slightly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with like all the mom in the cage and the stuff. Ooh, stop, no. And make it realistic? No, stop, no. And live action Beauty and the Beast wasn't good either. So Well, it is Tim Burton, and I think Tim Burton if you put something in Tim No Burton, What? Uh, no. I know. Not Tim Burton, stop. I know. But I think this might have I don't know, it might work. It might work. Ugh. I mean live action Cinderella worked. I liked that one a lot. Yeah. Well, I don't think I can go see it because I'll I'll just be a blubbering idiot. Oh yeah, I'll I'll need to like sit in the back of the theater alone. Right, especially there's a in the trailer there's a scene where the the pedestal keeps rising and I was like, oh, you can't do that to me. No. You, you feel nervous for him and everybody's making fun of him and all that stuff, but it's just yeah. I don't Poor know. Dumbo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, is there any movies coming up that you're excited about? Uh, movies coming up I'm excited for um you know I'm I'm gonna have to cop out again and say no nothing that I'm aware of unless there's something I should be excited for um I'll throw one at you there's Mary Queen of Scots coming out <gasps> are you for serious how did I never know about this uh I don't know Margaret Kidder's gonna play Elizabeth the Thirst and um I can't remember her name uh Rumi oh, what's her name Rumi Roni Roni she's gonna play Sorsha Ronan I that's her she's gonna play Mary Queen of Scots oh no way um yeah. or I just thought of what I'm excited for already the um Jen McCarthy movie it might already be out actually where she forges letters from prominent literary figures to try and make money oh yes the Melissa McCarthy um it's actually a true story 
Yeah, it's called Will You Ever Forgive Me or something like that. Yes, it played at our Twin Cities Film Festival last month, and I was unable to attend, but it had great reviews. Everybody said it was one of the best movies at the film festival. Oh, it's so great, because she can be a little hit or miss, you know? Yes, and she was wonderful. Well, she was wonderful in St. Vincent as the mom. <laughs> and buttonheads, <laughs> buttonheads with Bill Murray. If you ever get the chance to see it, St. Vincent was one of her great successes. Oh, there you go. Right, yeah. So, other than Mary Queen of Scots, I don't know. Maybe this, maybe this is kind of, you know what? It is kind of a lacking year for movies, though. Yeah, it's one of those, I think. Yeah. Do you still yeah. watch? Do you still watch movies like once a week or so? Uh yeah. I'll throw something on Netflix for background noise. And then, um, you still kind of, you still, with the books, you can probably read a book a day, right? I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I have nothing else to do, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'll may, I ask you, is there a book out there right now that you read that nobody knows about that you want to mention? Hmm. A book nobody knows. Um, what I recommend is looking into something older, dear listeners, um, Something that really speaks to you or your heritage. Um, right now I'm reading through a lot of W.B. Yeats's work, which is, yeah, it's mostly research for Fay Hunter, but it's so good. You know, you get these weird stories. People who still believe in fairies when we have cars, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. I, you can't really call them folk tales when they're from barely a hundred years ago. Right. Well, um. With Yates, did you learn anything new about it other, other, other than the stereotypes everybody kind of knows? Um, well, nobody knew how to diagnose oh. schizophrenia yeah. um, 100 years ago. Everyone was like, oh, they see spirits. Oh, they see fairies. But no, those people are just mentally disturbed. So that's great. Or um, people had strange beliefs about... Um, how the the next afterlife or whatever sort of overlaps with our real lives. Yeah. Like not not to go too far into a tangent here, but there's an interesting story about a girl who wore a dress and it was way too long and always dragged behind her. And Yates asked her, he was like, why don't you just get it hemmed or something? She goes, no, 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 this belonged to my grandmother. And if I do, you know, and if she ends up in purgatory, it'll burn her legs off. And I'm like... Wow. Wow. That's kind of deep, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird how, like, they, how deeply they believed that our world affects the next. Yes. Well, I always tell my little nephews that be careful what you're wearing today because that could, if you die, that's your ghost clothes. <laughs> oh, no. So if you can wear your pajamas all day, that's fine. But if you die, that's your that's how what you that's everybody's gonna see you as a ghost is wearing your pajamas. You're not gonna be scary. Wonder how many ghosts are floating around with no pants. Right, because they just woke up and fell in the bathroom and. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of that. Right. Yeah. So God, uh, with the last couple minutes, I, I like to ask you, November. Um, do you believe in curses? Do I believe in curses? Uh, um, it, to some extent, maybe a little. Right. You know, bad. You know, some people have bad juju heading out around them, but um, not to the extent that you'll get a pig face. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
do you kind of still do you believe in ghosts? Uh, yes, I do. Ah, really? Do you think you ever seen one? Um, seen no, but I've been to some pretty uh, interesting and intense, like um, old battlefields, like Civil War. Uh-huh. Those those have a weird feel to them. I'm like, ooh, bet that was like a spirit or something. Really, um, like almost like a cringy quiet to it. Uh, it can be, or there's a spot at the Gettysburg um, fields where, for no scientific reason, it feels really cold. Really, I've never been to yeah, the Gettysburg. Like, Gettysburg. It's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. It, that was one of the biggest battles in the Civil War, so a lot of people died. Well, I know the only I know about the Gettysburg that a lot of wild animals don't go near it still, even though it's been over a hundred yeah. years. That like animals still don't go near that spot. Yes, yes, that's very true. You can't hear a sound. Oh, yeah. So you kind of still have a kind of a belief of mysticism involved in the world, something beyond our reality. Uh, yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there has, I mean, nobody has definitive answers. There's some people that are just a little more grounded in reality than others. But yeah, there, this, <laughs> right. So you, you, do you ever get the sense that um, you have somebody helping you, like a uh, with your writing or with your creative process, that somebody else is a kind of a assistant with you? I hope not, because that means I'll owe them royalties. <laughs> right? Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and credit at the afterlife. Right. So, <laughs> Put it in my acknowledgments. <laughs> so, uh, I my couple last couple questions. Um, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I know your family loves food and stuff so what are you guys gonna what kind of your general things for thanksgiving what are you guys gonna do uh well this year my birthday is thanksgiving so what, what i'm gonna do yes Whoa. so i'm gonna yeah so i'm gonna try and convince them to put the candles in the pumpkin pie and it never works well and it's just funny to watch <laughs> could you possibly just send me a pic and see that you at least tried <laughs> Yeah, it kind of plops over. There's like a burnt spot in the top, but you know. Well, I have to extend a happy birthday to you, man. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, one one year Thanksgiving was my brother's birthday, and he hates cake, so they put the candles in the turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Was it even just equally worse than put it in the pie? Oh, no, it was the best thing ever. We sang. It, they, were, they, like, spelled out happy birthday, all these little letter candles. It was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. What was the best? Okay, I just want to – what was your best birthday gift that you ever got? Um, ooh, my best birthday gift. Um, huh, that's that's hard. Um, I – oh, you know what it was? What? Um, I, I was bought – this will sound so nerdy. Um, I was bought a subscription to Adobe Photoshop and like the whole suite, which is crazy expensive, but really important to, to me, especially at the time. So I was like, I was crying. It was the best thing ever. Uh, at the Adobe Photoshop? Yeah. It yeah. like the whole suite is like $800. Right. I know. So, right. Yeah. I would cry yeah. too. Right. <laughs> I would cry too. Right. Yes. No more torrenting. <laughs> So to mention, your brother's kind of very close to birthdays. Yeah, he's three days and three years younger than me, but he's taller than me, so he still calls me little sister. 
oh, that's not going to fly. Oh, no. <laughs> but he does it anyway. Right. That's No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Right. So, <laughs> so does he give you birthday gifts or no? Uh, yeah, sometimes we get each other something, or for his 21st, I bought him a couple drinks. There you go. There you go. I like that. You know, my my birthday, uh, I have a sister, and our birthday gifts has always been that I will leave you alone. I'm sorry, what? Our birth, well, my sister, and when we were kids, even in fact now, it's kind of a running joke, but that our birthday gifts is pretty much I leave you alone. Oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> right, yeah. So I, I'll, I'll get a text maybe after my birthday. Like, happy birthday. I'm glad you had fun without me being involved and not bothering you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always a funny gift of happy birthday. I don't exist for this day. Enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> All right, yeah. So is it kind of weird to go to the bar with your brother? Um, it, it can be. I mean, it's not like we go there to hit on people simultaneously. Well, we I know, but it's still kind of like hang out. Right. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. No, we, we, we talk, we discuss like different kinds of beer or like try different kinds of whiskey or something. It's, it's just like hanging out with a friend. Right. Sure. I, well, I, people have different relationships with their brothers. I didn't know really know if they were pretty close or pretty, you know, but yeah, that sounds cool. I like that. Yeah, it's fun. Um, before you go, what is your favorite Irish whiskey brand? Ooh, uh, Tullamore. Tullamore Dew. Really? You surprised you? Gosh, you always surprise me. Really? Why? because uh, it is cheap but still good. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, if you ever come to Minnesota, I will find one that has it, and we'll have a good time. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, November, I have to say thank you for coming on and talking thank about Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for pointing your direction to me for watching Penelope. I have to say I would never watch it without you forcing <laughs> me to. <laughs> forcing? It wasn't that bad. No, but it, it it's not like if I had a choice, I would not choose it. But since you're coming on and you said I'm going to watch it, I made an effort to watch it. And I'm glad you did. I actually appreciated watching it. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And then you got a, one heck of a surprise out of my wife. Oh? Well, I'm, I'm, she comes in the living room and she goes, what are you watching? Because I don't watch that stuff. <laughs> and then she goes, um, what are you writing down? I go, it's research. And she goes, well, okay, right, yeah. And she, but it's... <laughs> She thought it, you know, she's a Hallmark Christmas kind of a girl, so she was kind of thought it was. She got a chuckle out of it, me intentionally watching Penelope. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So you're you're welcome, Mrs. P. <laughs> right. All right. All right. November. I would say thank you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful birthday. Thank you. You have a good Thanksgiving too. All right. You left your love, and now you can't come back.